My name is Sarah Rosa Davies, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Sorry for the brief hiatus. With school online due to COVID-19 and social distancing measures being implemented across the country, things are going to sound a bit different here at the Emerald Podcast Network as we navigate recording from separate physical spaces. Some good news. The Emerald Bard has chosen the Emerald's next editor-in-chief, and he may be a familiar voice and name for regular Emerald podcast listeners. I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Ryan Wynn, and I'm next year's editor-in-chief. I was last year's podcast desk editor, and I worked with Sarah Rosa quite often. And also joining us via Zoom is current Emerald editor-in-chief, Michael Tobin. Hi, um... That's my title. That's what I do for a few more months. So. What else have you done at the Emerald? Oh, so um, before I was editor-in-chief, I was an associate news editor, and I was a reporter before that. So today, obviously, we have two editor-in-chief types <laughs> in the podcast booth, and we're doing our annual Emerald EIC podcast, looking forward to Ryan's tenure as EIC, and also kind of looking back a little bit at Michael's time as editor-in-chief and the advice he has for Ryan. So I wanted to start with a couple questions about you and your experience first, Ryan. And yes. Michael, maybe we'll ask some questions in between, and you know, we'll chime in kind of with our own thoughts and everything and just make this an interesting conversation about your goals for the Emerald and your past and how those things kind of meld together. And at the end, we'll have some interesting questions from the rest of the newsroom. So I'm excited for that last part. Yeah, I am too. We got some interesting ones. I guess to really start things off at the beginning, I want to know, how did you end up at the Emerald? So I ended up at the Emerald through, um, I actually... Sorry, I'm going to back up a little bit. I When I first heard about the Emerald, I was at this high school journalism camp. And sorry for my voice. I'm a little sick. Um, I was at this high school journalism camp called the High School Journalism Institute, which is hosted by the Oregonian, in which they um, recruit a bunch of young up-and-coming journalists and sort of teach them the the ways of journalism really and we made over the course of a week um we wrote some stories for the oregonian while also writing some stuff for our own little in-house publication called um i think it was like the pride or something and editor Camposano, who used to um i believe he was one of the emeralds managing editors um he told me that i should apply for the emerald and at that point i was still pretty unsure as to whether i wanted to go into journalism i entered school as a financial math and econ double major um, I did some econ classes. I didn't really enjoy them. They were kind of lame. Um, and I applied to work at the Emerald, and I got started my first term. Tell me a little bit about your time that first term at the Emerald. What were you doing? Um, I was a news reporter. I was covering, um, well, at that point in the term, I hadn't gotten a beat yet. but So I was doing a little bit of everything. I do remember one of my first meetings in the newsroom. Um, the whole newsroom was talking about these protesters that disrupted a um, speech from President Michael Schill, I believe. And I remember, like, Michael was talking to one of our managing editors at the time, Matteo Sundberg, I think, about, like, this timeline we were putting out. Um, and I was just so impressed by, like, how much they knew and the ways in which they were thinking about how to best display the information, um, keeping their audience in mind. And it was a little intimidating, um, but 
it 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 was pretty energizing. After my first term, I started uh, be covering student government ASUO, um, and I went on from there. Yeah. What have you learned from being a news reporter at the Emerald, and how will that serve you as EIC? Interesting. So, I think when I first applied to, I think when I first applied to be a news reporter, the job description was something like, um, like the foot soldiers of the Emerald. Like you can imagine this like really large and dedicated, excuse me, army of sorts. I think what I learned during my time as a news reporter was how to work together as part of a team and what that really meant. Um, because like if you miss your deadline, that doesn't just affect you and your editor. It affects like a whole wide spanning like team you're on and impacts, it, it impacts um, if your story was going into print and affects impacts the designers who work to sort of figure out how to display the story, the photographers who may have gone with you to photograph and take photos and who are disappointed now that their story will go into print, um, the copy editors who are reading that story, just everybody. And I also think I learned what it meant to just sort of um, what the sort of basic rules of journalism are, conflicts of interest, um, corrections, stuff like that. And just sort of what it's like from that perspective, as opposed to being like a desk editor or EIC, as it were, right? Yeah, I was going to say, so that language about the foot soldiers really stood out to you. And that's something you've, you and I have talked about before, too. Uh, right. Do you think that still stands at the Emerald? Like, is there a better metaphor mm. for the news desk? <laughs> Yeah, I the, the, the foot soldiers metaphor sort of bothers bothers me in that um, I, I don't like the connotation with the army first of mm. all, but that's on a personal basis. I think it's much more like family oriented. Um, in terms of a better metaphor, I have to think about that for a few minutes. Michael, do you have any suggestions on your part? Ooh, I don't know. I definitely agree with you on the foot soldier part. Um, I don't know if I have one off the top of my head. I wasn't expecting yeah, that question. Well, 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 um, but I had a question if I could ask yes, it. Yes, please do. Um, yes. How do you think that, you know, being on the podcast desk as an editor kind of like impacted how you view kind of like running an organization, like as opposed to just being on the news desk? Mm, okay, yeah. I think it really underscored how hard it is to take care of people, not because of any particular challenges I had with anyone on the desk. It's just a <laughs> reminder of like, when you're like assigning people things and telling them what to do, you're like, Oh, these are actual people I'm working with when they tell you about like their final that they had or like something they're dealing with at home or just like talking about like the new animal crossing game that came out. It's like, Oh, right. You are also doing other things and I have to be mindful of that. Um, in terms of what I learned about, about the newsroom as opposed to my experience on the news desk. I think it sort of reminded me about the other facets of the newsroom, the multimedia desks that can sometimes feel a little disjointed from the rest of the um, the core like news and ANC and opinion desks. Um, and of course the sports desks and how if we bridge those gaps, I think we could really form a really strong multimedia um, side. But yeah, it's just one, it's hard to work with people. And 
to there's a lot of facets to doing the kind of journalistic work that you know, aims to do. Um, speaking of multimedia and bridging the gap between, you know, kind of the writing and print aspect of the Emerald with, you know, the multimedia, I guess there, there's always been a gap there. And that's been something that, you know, I've seen the newsroom, right. different editor-in-chiefs try different things to fix it. I'm wondering Aww. what your plan is for, you know, multimedia at the Emerald, especially as I am getting ready to leave the Emerald as someone who's been on the right. multimedia desk for two years. I'm really interested in that. Right. Well, while multimedia, I will say, isn't a huge focus for my personal, like, out of the three tenets of my editorship, engagement, transparency, and diversity, um, I will say that um, one of the key, one of the ideas that I've watched in the last couple past couple of years that really worked for me was um, one of our former editor-in-chiefs, Zach Christ, who came before Michael. Um, we had this like multimedia Slack channel where we would discuss ideas and sort of plan out um, the sort of things we wanted to do and the processes by which we would do them and then hold each other accountable for doing them. I remember the year that I was the podcast desk editor, we had this whole system where each week um, we would plan out for the following week, which podcast we would advertise on social media. And we would take a snippet of that from that podcast. And then I would send it to our design editor who would make a sort of waveform video and publish on social media. And doing that really sort of exemplified for me, like the sort of cool things that we can do if we just like do a little bit of pre-planning, it takes a little more work, but the sort of things that you can get out of it are really amazing. By taking deliberate thought and action and trying to think about what kind of message do we want to put out and how can we do that best with the skills that we have, we can address those issues, that gap, and come together and just really plan it out. Because I know we have the smarts to do it. I know we have the skills to do it. We can just plan it out, right? Yeah. Michael, yeah. This is probably a good point for you to ask some questions. So feel free to chime in. You know, Ryan, I think um, you're completely right about multimedia sometimes being out of the fold. And um, one of the really challenging things about this job is, um, you know, you have so much to worry about, you know, in terms of managing people and kind of thinking about the bigger picture. Um, what's kind of like one achievable goal you want to have with regards to bring multimedia into um the emerald fold, I guess, into the newsroom and integrating Ooh, it more. Intriguing question. Let me think about that one. Hmm. I guess like a better way to ask it is like in three months from mm. when you're starting, what would you want it to look like? Okay. I would want to have the sort of base outline for the kinds of things that we want to accomplish by getting the multimedia desk together and saying, okay, so here's what we've done so far in the past. And how can we sort of build on that? Um, how can we improve on that with video? In terms of the three months thing, um, well, I think for the video desk, since I haven't been talking about that a whole lot, I would like to get out some sort of like feature video for one of the covers for the first term. Like um, with some of our covers in the past that have been more visually oriented. We've done a good job on hooking photo onto that. But with like one of the covers that we've done about this student MMA fighter, we could have gotten a video about that. 
And I think doing at least one of those in that entire term that we have, just planning it out and just seeing what kind of procedure would work best for us and sort of how we can plan that out is something that I think we can do in three months at at the very least, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For the podcast, hmm. (laughs) I think just sort of keeping it going it's is a, a good step. It's a hard, hiring maybe another producer. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a hard desk to find people who are interested in it and who right. also have experience. Because I yeah. think one thing we can do is get people editing and producing podcasts, but it, it is hard to teach them. And, yeah, and the J School doesn't. I will say the J School does a, not a great job of teaching technique. Right. It's like a bit, it's it's more narratively oriented. Which is great. Like, people need that. Which is great. Yeah. And I think so many people don't know the basics of audio editing. And so, like, I agree with you. I think it is hiring producers and also hiring producers who know what they're doing. We were lucky last year. (laughs) And I feel like that's more of a big picture plan in terms of hiring. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, did that answer your question? Or? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is a, definitely an easier question. Um, you know, like what parts of the job are you really looking forward to? I'm looking forward with just interacting with people who are really passionate about what they do and who really know um, their kind of little domain and just trying to channel that into their work at the Emerald. Like with my time on the podcast desk, I really enjoy talking with like the individual producers, um, actually the individual hosts of the podcast and seeing what kind of episodes do you want to do? What kind of audio elements can we incorporate into that? How can we best um, achieve your sort of vision? Isn't the right word, but I'll use it. Your sort of vision for what it should sound like, stuff like that. Right. And it's also how we got so many different ideas for podcasts going. I would have never thought about a podcast exclusively about sneakers or like focusing on like our long running sports podcasts Our several of our sports mm-hmm. podcasts on women's basketball, men's basketball, football, track and field that one time. Um, yes. Yeah. That's the thing I'm most looking forward to. And I know you have, um, you know, a lot of ideas for content and stuff. What's kind of like the one, um, like, story you want to get done for next year? Ooh, ooh. Well, I know that there are a lot of stories that I want to do personally. But in terms of the the whole of the newsroom, well, it'll be 2020, obviously. It I think it already is 2020. Well, <laughs> it will still be 2020. Okay. Um, that hopefully would have changed. But I think one of the ideas that this isn't a super novel idea, but just a voter's guide for students in the November 2020 election um, for the issues that will be particularly affecting them. Student loans um, being like canceled is one of the biggest issues. Healthcare is a little is a big issue, too. Um, stuff like that and having it aimed toward UO students. That That's something cool that I want to at least do. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, I mean, you have a particularly interesting opportunity just because, you know, it only comes around once every four years or so. Right, right. And it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one, to say the least. 
Yeah, I remember my first year at the Emerald. I had joined like right before 2016. the election. Yeah, 2016. Four years ago now. And I remember I watched the um watched the election night coverage in the newsroom with everyone. Like someone had a pizza party and we watched the election night coverage. And I remember students were like storming campus after Trump was elected. And I remember seeing all my, yeah, seeing all like the senior editors and everything go and do this. And I remember being like, I remember probably how you felt being at the Emerald your freshman year, Ryan, being like, right, people are good and they're passionate. (laughs) Right. And um, hopefully, Sarah Rosa, I don't know if you're going to put the link in the description to the cover story that we're talking about. I will. Yeah, I will. (laughs) Smart. Yeah. This I mean, this cover, it's a really interesting cover because I remember so many people from the Emeralds collaborated on it. It was like a massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. You know, I remember people being out and I was like, hmm. Um, Do you have any other questions, Michael? Or can I kind of start to... Um, how are you planning on decorating the office that you have? <laughs> <laughs> decorating it? Yeah. Um, Everybody adds their own their own thing. Oh, intriguing. Um, well, I mean, like not like one singular thing, but you know, they kind of like make it like their own space. Right. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Um gotta create a mood. I might I might add this uh bulk size tub of uh painkiller medicine, but I assume that's already there. <laughs> You mean Tylenol? Yes. <laughs> I see your Tums, Michael, when I raise you one. Oh, the Tums. Yeah, those are a staple just because of a staple uh, of heartburn and sucks. But yeah, yeah you always got to always got to have that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um I think this now speaking of heartburn is a oh, good <laughs> Way to transition. Now's a good time to transition into um, the newsroom questions, which are honestly quite wild. So we solicited some random questions from different members of the newsroom to get to know Ryan a little better on a more personal level. Um, Here they are. So our first question is from photographer Kimmy Harris. Uh, Oh, my God. I love Kimmy. (laughs) She wants to know, what is your Zodiac sign and why does that make you suited to lead the newsroom slash be a perfect leader? (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to pull up my co-star so I can get my entire chart in there. Oh, boy. boy. Um, I'm a Pisces, but that's pretty obvious just from knowing me. I think I don't know a whole lot about Zodiac signs, despite me having a co-star account. Um, Do you have to pay for that? No. No, it's free. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Um, let's see. So, because my son is in Pisces, it's in my seventh house, apparently. Mm-hmm. It means that I feel the need to distinguish myself from others through close relationships and long term partnerships. And I think that kind of attitude would lend itself well to building strong relationships across desks in the newsroom and working together as a team. Right. That's such a good Pisces. That was answer. a good answer. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Have you picked up any new hobbies during social distancing and quarantining yourself during this whole thing? Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Well, um, let me think any new hobbies. Hmm. Or what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Well, I can say that 
I haven't picked up any materially interesting hobbies like knitting or cooking. I've just been playing a lot of Animal Crossing Overwatch. How did um, I know I, that? <laughs> huh? I knew that. I figured that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've arranged my gardens in such a way where it's like one row. It's a specific type of crop. But that hasn't worked out really well because I run out or like my tools break. And then it's just kind of, I'm just kind of left there. Mm. But I'm having a lot of fun arranging the very particulars of my house. Um, I'm moving my stereo to the side so I can open my curtains, having my bed in the very far corner, um, right next to my, my. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of a wicker chair, mm. um, which is right next to my pink wardrobe, which is right next to my desk. And then what's well, a table, not a desk. And then I put my Nintendo Switch on top of my desk. <laughs> and then I had to use like, my resources to make it black, like the one that I have. It costs seven, which is a lot. Cost seven um, Huh? What is the, is it just seven stars, seven coins? The, the resource for customizing items in Animal Crossing New Horizons mm-hmm. is um, customization kits. Seven customization kits. Yes. Normally it costs one or two to like paint a chair, for example, but it costs seven to switch out the Joy-Cons for my Switch. I'm learning for... so much right now. <laughs> yes. I paid seven of those to to fix that little detail. Wow. But it was completely worth it. Um, This question is from Associate <laughs> News Editor. <laughs> I don't know how to transition this. Um, This question is from Associate News Editor Gina Scalpone. And she said, how will you expand the meme beat? The the meme beat? Yeah. This is a oh, very important question. Yeah. On, um, I think that's a broader question, specifically referring to, well, even if it is a broader question, I'm going to answer it like it's a broader question. Okay. I think it's a broader question that specifically relates more to how UO students react with memes and how we can sort of pounce on those sorts of things. And I really want the news desk to be willing to do those sorts of kinds of weird stories, like the features on the best UO meme accounts that we haven't really done in the past always. Um, And I think those stories are fun to read. They're local and they're definitely SEO-able. So just pouncing on those kinds of stories is one way I want to expand it. Um, And I think like... We've started this year recently doing these little on the records where we just interview students around campus. And I think we can leverage those to be a little more fun. I think the last one that I did was, um, it was like, what, what, what was the meme that defined the decade of 2010? Got a lot of good answers. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if that completely answered the question. But that's okay. I don't know what she was aiming with the question, but yeah, it seems like. (laughs) So this is another topical question from Associate News Editor Zach DeMars. And he wants to know if you were a meaningless COVID update email from an institution or brand, which would you be and why? Very confident. Oh, God. Let me think about that. Oh, just from any company? Yeah. Oh, okay. That I have to go to my Gmail now. <laughs> if if I was a meaningless COVID nineteen update email, you said. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would be the TurboTax. Um, <laughs> please sign in. Your maximum refund is waiting for you. It sounds like it's it's a little it's a little annoying because I've been getting these emails for like three weeks, 
Um, this isn't even a COVID-19 up, update email. It's just a reminder for my tax refund. So it's a little irrelevant, um, but I think that also reflects my personality a little bit. So yeah, that's my answer. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, to wrap things up, Michael, I'd like you to bestow on Ryan a piece of advice about being EIC. Like, what is, like, the one thing you wish Ryan could know before he enters his tenure as EIC and, like, as you exit yours, like, reflecting back? What is that one thing? Could be anything. People are going to come to you with all sorts of wild, absolutely insane problems that you could never even think of. And, you know, your job is dealing with them, but... The most important thing to tell people, and don't be afraid to do this, is just say, I don't have an answer for you right now. Let me think about it and talk to some people and then get back to you. Um, Because I think it's really important to wait to make a decision when you're not sure. It's important to trust kind of your gut instincts, but also, you know, talk to people and just don't be afraid to talk to people and, you know, being transparent and honest with your team and just saying, I need to think about it a little longer will go a long way. Right. That's a good, that's a very thoughtful answer. And I guess maybe the, like the inverse of this question would be, Ryan, what is the one thing you wish you could know from Michael about being EIC? Like, what is your one question for him? Mm, The one thing that I wish I could know. I'm sure you have Um, a lot of things, but. (laughs) hmm, I have to choose one. Let's see. How many packs of tons did you go through this year so far? Um, let's see. Well, I've only gone through that like kind of big bottle, and I haven't Oof. been like using them as much. Um, I use them like every day over the summer. Holy um, crap, dude! Yeah, I and those were like the seven hundred fifty milligram tums. I would take like two of those just because I had like really bad like acid reflux. But um, uh. gone, I know I've gone through like just one. Um, one bottle of tongues this year. Okay. So okay. that's pretty good. Um, that is pretty good. That's a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah, I would Just in general. I would stay away from um the fruit tums. Those aren't really good. Um <laughs> and the the berry ones kind of taste like do you remember yogos? Those like little like yogurt. I do remember yogos. They kind of taste like yogos. Um but you can okay. never go wrong with the the peppermint tums. Okay, intriguing. Okay, I've also used some as a substitute for a breath mint once, and that didn't work out well. So (laughs) did it work out well? Yeah, always have a pack of gum on you as well. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad I never was EIC because I already have such badass reflux. I know I was genetically predispositioned to fail. Yeah. um, So okay, well, I think that's a good note to end on in a very weird and emerald way. I'm Sarah Rosa Davies. Uh, I'm Michael Tobin. I'm Ryan Wynn. Thanks for listening to this edition of our annual EIC podcast. To find more Emerald podcasts, you can visit SoundCloud, Spotify, the Daily Emerald homepage, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for the triumphant return of the Emerald Gamescast via Zoom soon and more of your favorite shows from the Emerald Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.